The Royals just locked up Bobby Witt Jr. to a massive deal. Will Jordan Walker get the same treatment from the Cardinals in the near future? Plus, we'll begin our spring training preview with a look at catcher Yvonne Herrera. This is Locked on Cardinals. You are Locked on Cardinals, your daily St. Louis Cardinals podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, Cardinals fans. I'm J.D. Hafford, and I'm a national radio sports anchor, born and raised in the Lou and a lifetime Cardinals fan, and I'm your host for Locked On Cardinals, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You can follow me on Twitter, X, at J.D. Sports Radio. You can follow the podcast at LO underscore Cardinals. I want to thank those of you who make Locked On Cardinals your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. You can also find us on YouTube. Make sure if you're stopping by YouTube, like, subscribe. Very, very important there to... Uh, kind of help our, our love for the, the Cardinals grow and to uh, help reach other Cardinals fans who exist out there in the universe. So uh, like, subscribe, comment, interact with us. Love it when you guys leave the comments in the section down below. Also hit the notification button. That way you're not missing out on any new episodes when they get posted. This is a show serving Cardinal Nation and giving the best fans in baseball all of the info about the birds on the bat. Today's episode brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more new customers join today and you'll get $200 in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more wins. Just visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started. So we got some major news today in the baseball world. Uh, over on the other side of the state of Missouri, the announcement that the Kansas City Royals have locked up 23-year-old shortstop Bobby Witt Jr. to a mega extension that starts this season and could at least run through the 2034 season. That sounds made up, doesn't it? 2034. Uh, the 2034 season, it's an 11-year guarantee with a team option that could carry it three more years through 2037 as a 14-year deal. It's not only the largest contract in team history, but the first Royals contract that is actually spanning 10 plus seasons the uh, team did not announce terms of the deal uh, when I started putting this together but a source told MLB.com that it's worth 288.7 million over the 11 guaranteed seasons with a three-year team option that could make it worth 377.7 million over 14 total years that's a lot of money that's a lot of dinero there are four player opt-outs starting after the 23 season through 2033 years, 7, 8, 9, and 10 of the contract, which gives with the opportunity to get to free agency or renegotiate the deal. He also receives a $7.7 million signing bonus. So breakdown of the full deal, which also includes a no-trade clause, according to a source, uh, you have got here in 2024, he's going to make $2 million. $2 million. Not a lot. Kind of how the how Sonny Gray did it for the Cardinals, where first year, not going to make as much, but things escalate down the line. 2025, he makes seven. 26, he makes 13. 2027, he's at 19. And then it starts to get really expensive. 2028, he's at 30 million. And then years 2029 through 2034, he's at $35 million. Four of those years have the player options. Then there's the club option for three years at 89 million, which would uh, go to... 33 million in 2035, 28 in both 2036 and 2037. The base deal 
buys out Bobby Witt Jr.'s arbitration years, which would have begun after the 25 season and adds two more seasons before player opt-outs begin. So Witt is now at least a Royal through 2030 when he'll be 30 years old. And if Witt's contract runs the full 14 years, the $377 million would be the third largest contract in baseball history. So uh, a lot of numbers there. <laughs> um, a lot of contract stuff, which I get lost. And so I was never good in math classes ever. Like people would read that stuff off. I'd be, and I'd fall asleep. Like that's just, it's just not my thing. So let's get into the juicy parts of this because Bobby Wood Jr. is going to make a lot of money. Congratulations to Bobby Wood Jr., right? Uh, first off, that's the first thing. Second, I hope the Cardinals are paying attention. I really hope they're paying attention. And I don't know how they're going to feel about this particular contract, but we know how they tend to shy away from the long-term deal, specifically with free agents. They've been known to give out extensions to their own guys. Uh, but, you know, long-term deals with free agents, not really something they try to get into. But the Kansas City Royals, a team that besides the run between 2013 and 2015, where they had a lot of success. They made two World Series appearances. They won the title in 2015 with a 95-win team, but also won at least 86 games in the other two. But also a franchise that, for the most part, is known as a small market team that doesn't win very much. They don't spend very much normally, and they just forked over this massive contract for the guy who they believe is and will be the face of their franchise for the next decade, basically. Now, the Cardinals are coming off an ugly 71 season, 71 win season. We know it, was, it sucked. A season that saw fans quit coming out to the ballpark for the first time that I can even remember. Like, it's been a while since the Cardinals were so bad that fans in St. Louis were finding other things to do than go to the ballpark to watch them. Uh, I mean, it was a team that was out of the running by July. Probably earlier than that, if we if we want to be honest with ourselves. Probably May, if we want to be honest with ourselves. But uh, by July, everybody, was, everybody saw the writing on the wall that they were screwed. Uh, a season that divided the fan base on if winning really was the most important thing to this ownership and to the front office. The Royals have won more than 71 games, just to put it into perspective, have won more than 71 games just once since 2017. Once. They have less than 60 wins in three of those seasons, not counting the COVID year where they still stunk. They had a 433 winning percentage, but nobody got to 60 wins that year. Uh, they only played 60 games. It's also a team that is consistently in the bottom portion of attendance. Last year, they averaged just over 16,000 per home game at Kauffman Stadium. Only teams worse than them were Oakland, who was moving to Vegas, so nobody wanted to be there. And then Miami, who for some reason can't get fans. On the year, they had 1.3 million come through the gates at Kauffman. For comparison, the Cardinals averaged just over 40,000 per game last year and had 3.2 million through the gate. Now, you can put those numbers and say, well, yeah, a lot of people paid for that stuff up front and they quit coming later on in the season. That's fine. Cardinals still got the money for that because they already bought them. So during one of the worst seasons in franchise history, 40000 per game, $3.2 through the gate. And yet the Royals are the ones who were first to take the plunge and commit to a young superstar, to commit 
to Bobby Witt Jr. Now, is this the right thing to do? That's debatable. You can say on one side, like, oh boy, putting all your eggs in one basket here. Or on the other side, you could say, well, contracts are only going to go up. Might as well lock him in now. You got to believe in the kid. He's been really, really good since coming up to the major leagues. And the Cardinals have a guy named Jordan Walker who has had a lot of praise after getting drafted in 2020, has soared through the minor leagues in just two years before making his debut debut last year on uh, opening day. And if things go the way that many believe it will, and obviously how the Cardinals hope it will, Jordan Walker could be in line to get a similar payday, and that day could be coming sooner rather than later. Remember, Witt Jr. just finished his second year in the major leagues. Jordan Walker is getting ready for his second year in the major leagues. Now, let's compare the two guys. Witt Jr. taken second overall, obviously much higher than where Jordan Walker was taken. Played two years in the minors before making his debut in 2022. That rookie year, he played in 150 games, hit 254, 20 home runs, 80 RBIs. He stole 30 bases, had an OBP of 294, which is not good. Slugging 428 OPS, 722 OPS plus 102. Jordan Walker, taken 21st overall in his draft class of 2020, and his rookie year played in 117 games, but he hit 276, 16 home runs, 51 RBIs, seven stolen bases, had an OBP of 342, slugging 445, OPS 787, OPS plus of 114. They play totally different positions. I understand that. Witt played third and short his rookie year, only shortstop in year two, and improved to a 14-ounce above average, which was uh, 12th in the whole league when it came to defensive metrics and fourth among shortstops. Meanwhile, Walker just became an outfielder and not a very good one. He was a uh, minus seven outs above average, but again, just started learning, just started learning to play outfield in 2022. So he basically had one year down in the minors to kind of tinker around with it, and then boom, you're in the show playing right field for the St. Louis Cardinals. Not exactly the easiest transition. I'm not trying to make up excuses. I'm just saying that's not easy to do. Not easy to do. But offensively, beyond the stolen bases, you have to be happy with the way Walker's numbers look compared to Bobby Witt Jr.'s numbers, and he did it in less of bats. Now, year two for Witt Jr., he took his offensive game up another level, 158 games this past year, hit 276, 30 bombs, league-leading 11 triples, 96 ribbies, 49 stolen bases. The OBP went up 319, slugging 495, OPS 813, OPS plus of 120. If Walker were to make a similar leap in year two, let's say still hits like 270-ish, uh, but ends up hitting 30 home runs, uh, 85 RBI, shows a vast improvement in his defense. Should the Cardinals try and lock him up the way the Royals just did with Bobby Witt Jr.? I don't think I'd hate the idea, but it's not my money. <laughs> you know, of course, I want to keep all the good young players that the Cardinals have. I don't want them to go anywhere else. I was very impressed by his improvement at the plate and in the field. I think he looked much better, much more comfortable in the outfield later on in the season. But considering he made the opening day roster, got sent down, brought back up, learning to play right field full-time and playing on a crappy team that apparently had some leadership issues in the clubhouse and 
was out of contention by, like we said, like June, July-ish. And he was 20 years old at the time, turned 21 during the season. I remember because I was going to be at his game when he was turning 21. And as dorky as it sounds, I was going to make a sign wishing him happy birthday. And they sent him down right before his birthday. So he actually turned 21 in Memphis. Um, he's a monster of a man. He's huge. And he's still growing. He's the same height right now as Giancarlo Stanton. 6'6". Continues to build muscle. He's going to continue to mature. And there's just a presence with that height and mass like that. Like, that's a guy you keep around. So I want your thoughts on what you think it should take for Jordan Walker in year two. What, what, what kind of stuff does he need to do to show that the Cardinals should throw the bag at him and give him a similar contract to what Bobby Witt Jr. just got? Again, they play different positions. So, uh, you know, a premier shortstop's probably going to make more than an outfielder. But similar, like when it comes to constructing the contract, how many years, stuff like that. What would it take for Jordan Walker? What's he got to do this year, in your opinion, to earn a contract like that? That's what I want to know. That's what I know. What would it take for you if you're Mo and you're you're the Dewitts and you're and what does it ha- what has to happen for him to say, "Yep, face of the franchise for the next decade, we need to do this." Here is all of the contract. Uh, I want to hear from you. Let's talk about it. Up next, let's begin our spring training preview, talking about backup catcher Ivan Herrera, who just recently put on a decent show with Team Panama. We'll get into that next on Locked on Cardinals. Happy Super Bowl to all who celebrate from FanDuel, America's number one sports book. If you're like me, Super Bowl Sunday, it's about getting the best seat on the couch, grabbing your favorite football snacks. Mine's pizza. I like nachos, too. Talked about that yesterday, but uh, pizza is my, my number one go-to as far as sports food altogether. If I'm at a baseball game, yeah, hot dog. You're going to do that. You're going to do an Italian sausage or a brat or something like that as well. But pizza when football it doesn't get better than that. But uh, also placing bets to get some wins. FanDuel has so many ways for you to end this season with a W. Not only can you bet on who's going to win Super Bowl 58 between the Chiefs and the 49ers, but you've also got other bets you can make, like which players are going to score touchdowns, how many points are going to be scored in the fourth quarter by both teams combined, how many rushing yards, how many passing yards, how many sacks, interceptions. It's all available to you. You can bet on this stuff. And new customers, if you join today, you'll get $200 in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more wins. All you have to do is visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up. Very simple. FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sportsbook partner of the NFL. Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. All right, so uh, the goal is to, now that we're, we're back full-time, five days a week, is to preview a player as we get into spring training, because things are going to start moving around in spring training, and some people are going to get cut, some people aren't going to be on the team no more, things happen. So uh, we're going to start here 
by going with a guy that I know is going to be on this roster, barring an injury of some sort, and that's Cardinals catcher Yvonne Herrera. He'll be coming into camp as the backup to starting catcher Wilson Contreras, replacing Andrew Kisner, who is now with the Texas Rangers, the world champion Texas Rangers. Uh, And no offense to Kisner at all, who was a great guy, great teammate. Everybody loved him, was a very capable catcher, had a good offensive year compared to what he had done in the past at the major league level. He wasn't a bad hitter in the minors, but, uh, you know, it's tough. It's tough in the majors when you're not playing every day. So uh, ended up having a good, solid year with the bat. And people were a little surprised that they were letting Andrew Kisner walk and they weren't going to give him a contract. Uh, The reason they felt comfortable doing that is because of Yvonne Herrera, who I'm very much excited to see what he can do. I'm excited to see what Contreras does in year two with the team and what Herrera can do this season at the major league level. Now, for those of you who are unfamiliar with Herrera, I got a, a quick background just to kind of get you caught up on who he is. Signed him as an international free agent back in 2016, only 16 years old at the time, by the way. Had good offensive years in the minors, hit 335 at age 17 in the Dominican Summer League, 348 the next year in the Rookie League. 2019, he's at A and high A, hits a combined 284 with nine bombs and 47 ribbies, age 19 at the time, by the way. COVID erases the 2020 season, but in 2021, a double A hits just 231. But he does mash 17 home runs, hit 63 RBIs, 98 in that, all of that in 98 games, by the way. 2022, Triple A Memphis hits 268, six home runs, 34 RBIs in 65 games, and then got his first taste of the big leagues when he came up for uh, and appeared in 11 games that year. Now, last year at Memphis, Heck of a season. Hits 297, 10 home runs, 27 doubles, 60 RBIs, and 75 walks. And you're like, okay, well, that's good. What's so impressive about that? Well, he did that in 83 games. 83 games he did all of that in. Think about that for a second. 75 walks in 83 games, which led to this ridiculous on-base percentage of 451. Had an OPS of 951, highest OPS among catchers in the big leagues this year. Just letting you know, just to compare it, was Wilson Contreras' brother William with the Brewers at 824. And uh, Herrera had a 951 at AAA. Uh, 951 would have been the seventh highest OPS in the entire major leagues this year. And his on-base percentage of 451 would have crushed league leader Ronald Acuna Jr.'s 416. Just an amazing year at AAA. Now, granted, he only played half the games compared to how many games you have to play in the major leagues, but we're still allowed to be excited and encouraged about the numbers that he showed last year, which propelled him to being named the Cardinals minor league player of the year. Now, defensively, he's continued to improve over the years. He wasn't like some finished product when the Cardinals got him, and he continues to work on things. MLB Pipeline's scouting report on him for 2022 when he was the Cardinals' fourth-ranked prospect said St. Louis officials have long been enthused by Herrera's defensive growth and the work he's put in on that side. His blocking has gotten better in the last two years, but there's still room to improve in that area. Once put on a throwing uh, throwing program by the Cardinals, Herrera now projects to have an above-average arm behind the plate. The Cardinals haven't needed a Yadier Molina replacement yet, but they will after 2022. With solid tools across the board, Herrera could be the guy. Now, obviously, the Cardinals went out and got Wilson Contreras to be the next starting catcher for the team after Yadier Molina retired. In the minors last year, 
Herrera threw out 20% of would-be base stealers and had a 991 fielding percentage. You'll take that. In his minor league career, he's thrown out 28%. So he actually dipped a bit last year. But we all know that base stealing was going to go up last year. Like, because minor leagues had already gone to the bigger bases and the throwovers and stuff like that. But we knew that things were going to continue to get better for base stealers. It's just going to happen. That's what they're doing with the game. Uh, in his minor league career, he's thrown out 28% in his brief time in the majors last year. Caught two of six. Two of six. So that's 33% because I'm awesome in math. Uh, STLtoday.com's Daniel Guerrero did a piece on Herrera this weekend talking about how he just played in Panama's opening game of the Caribbean series, went three for four with a solo home run and three RBIs to help power Panama to a 73-7-3 win over Curacao. Now, in all honesty, doesn't he sound a little bit like Wilson Contreras? Doesn't it? Like, just the, the way they describe him, like, he sounds like a young Wilson Contreras and how he was coming up with the Cubs. So I went back and looked at the scouting profile that they did on Wilson Contreras. And um, here's what I found. MLB pipeline gave Contreras a 60 hit grade, which is very good. It's between 20 and 80. For those who don't know, that's what the scale is. So 60 is pretty good. So Contreras got a 60 hit grade while Herrera is a 50, but power wise, both of them got fifties arm. Both of them got 55s. We know Contreras has a cannon. Fielding, Herrera gets 55, while Contreras got a 50. So a little more balanced on Herrera, but you got to like what you're seeing here. And if you look at a picture, I'll put it back on the screen here on YouTube. If you look at a picture of Yvonne Herrera, he kind of looks like Wilson Contreras too. He's got more facial hair than Wilson, I think, at least in this particular photo. But I think he looks, he reminds me of Wilson Contreras, like just the, the way he looks. So um, we know Contreras is going to DH a fair share of games this year. And like Kisner before him, that's going to leave Herrera behind the plate a decent amount this season. And I don't think that's such a bad thing. Now, Wilson might be a whole lot better this year in year two with the Cardinals behind the plate. It could be. We're hoping it will be because last year was kind of an issue, especially early on. But as we've learned throughout this offseason, a lot of the pitchers have admitted that, yeah, it, it shouldn't have been all on Wilson that way. It's It was a lot of it was our fault. And hopefully it's all hashed out and everybody's on the same page when pitchers and catchers report here in uh, just, uh, what, nine days? Nine days. So, um Looking forward to that. And Herrera got a chance to work with these pitchers last year. So um, he's still going to be considered a rookie. So there will be slumps. There's going to be bumps in the road. Expect that. But I, for one, am very much excited about seeing Yvonne Herrera this season. Uh, up next, we're going to get into some fan feedback on whether or not Sonny Gray is indeed the best starting pitcher in the NL Central now that the Milwaukee Brewers have traded Corbin Burns to the Baltimore Orioles. This is Locked on Cardinals. Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. So go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. So last show, I talked about who will be the top starting pitcher in the NL Central. Now that 
Corbin Burns, Brandon Woodruff, no longer in the picture with the Brewers. And after going through some names, it, in my eyes, it came down to two people. It came down to the Cardinals, Sonny Gray, and the Cubs, Justin Steele. And I said um, I'd, I'd go with Sonny Gray. My reasoning behind it, it had nothing to do with Justin Steele doing anything bad or that he's a Cub. has nothing to do with that, I promise. It's the fact that Sonny Gray has got a track record of being a top pitcher at the major league level for quite a long time. He had a couple of down years. One year in Oakland didn't go so well. Had a rough go with the Yankees. But specifically in the last five years, he has been really, really good. While Steele, as good as he was last year, and he was awesome, has only been this good in the major leagues for a little over a year. So I went with somebody who's done it for a lot longer. That was my reasoning behind it. So some of the responses to my feelings and how they felt uh, about this between, first off, I got to tell you, a lot of people said Justin Steele's better, and that's fine. Because I put it, basically, it's a 1A, 1B type of thing here. Like, both of them are excellent pitchers. Um, Mike176 says, Gray, because he's a Cardinal, he's going to make a run for the Cy Young again. Goldie and Arnada will make a run for MVP. Hell yeah, Mike. Hell yeah. I like the positivity. Uh, John Shanholtz says, there are good young pitchers in the division like Green and Steele, talking about Hunter Green with the Reds, who we talked about in the episode. Um, but he says, just to name a few, but I think right now it's Sonny Gray. It's weird because the Cardinals, a lot of fans and a lot of people are like, Sonny Gray's good, but like you need somebody else who's a real ace or whatever. And like, he he's the best pitcher in the division. And you can say this division stinks, and that's fine. Still the best pitcher of the division. And the Cardinals got him and brought him in. Uh, Ray Russell, who, by the way, consistently chimes in in the comments section, which fist bump Ray Russell. I appreciate that so much. Uh, Russell says, my honest choice here, Justin Steele. I've watched what happened to Steve Carlton. I've seen Clayton Kershaw become so fragile. He only pitches 10 games before falling into another IL and rehab. We also had Adam Wainwright struggle. It's really hard for me to get behind Gray as the top pitcher in the division. As the phrase they use in stock market investing goes, past performance is no guarantee of future returns. I think there is a wild card in Cincinnati ready to break out in 2024, but it isn't Hunter Green. To me, Green has only proven one thing so far in his career is that he should be a closer and not a starter. Uh, Ray, by the way, did not mention who the Reds guy he's talking about was. So I assume it's either Andrew Abbott or Nick Lodolo. Uh, Andrew Abbott, very good last year as a rookie. Lodolo dealt with a lot of injuries. But uh, don't leave us hanging like that, Ray. You're just going to tease us and say there is a guy, but I'm not going to tell you who it is. Shame on you. Uh, but anyway, thanks for writing, Ray. Uh, Bushhog7997 says, Trevor Bauer with a question mark. <laughs> All right, guys. I mean, Bauer was good in the division back in the COVID year in 2020, which was what? Almost four years ago. Still don't understand the obsession with him. I, I really don't like, I know he was good then. I understand that. I know there was also some talk about the tacky stuff on the, on the fingers and the ball back then, which might've helped him a little bit. He's never said he didn't use the stuff. He just said, Hey, everybody else doing it. I, I, you know, it, he, why, why should he be the only one that's not, you know, getting a, a leg up? Like, I'm pretty sure that's how it went down, but if, if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. And I apologize. But, um, and I'm not saying that the guy didn't get a raw deal either with what went down with him 
while he was with the Dodgers because there's some screwed up things going on there. If you know the story, you know the story. But uh, I'm just going to stick to my statement that he doesn't seem to be the type of guy the Cardinals would bring in. Okay? He just he does not seem like that guy. And I don't mean that he's older and cheap. <laughs> Although Bauer is now 33, so it's not like he's a kid anymore, which would make him the second youngest member of the rotation behind Steven Matz. But it just it's not something that the Cardinals front office is going to do. So you guys can keep leaving his name in the comments section and go, why not bring him in? That is the reason why. The Cardinals are not going to look at Trevor Bauer and go, that's what we're going to bring in. It's not. I'm sorry. People have pointed out that Aroldis Chapman, that they probably wouldn't even think about bringing him in because of things that happened with him in the past. It's just, it's the way they are. They're not going to do it. So you can wish for Bauer in one hand and crap in the other and see which one fills up first as far as him coming to St. Louis. Will he get a shot in the major leagues again at some time? I think he will. I think he will. I think a team will eventually reach out. I mean, and time heals all wounds. You know, we've seen what Michael Vick go to prison for the dog killing stuff and comes back, did his time, came back, and people loved him. People loved him in Philadelphia. And now you see him on national shows and stuff. Trevor Bauer's never gone to prison for anything, but the look and everything that went on with that, um, it was just ugly. It was ugly. And I just don't see the Cardinals being the team that would ever explore uh, bringing him back to the major leagues. But I think another team will. I think another team will at some point. I don't know who, but I, I, I think eventually he does get another chance to pitch in the major leagues at some point. I just, I do not think it's going to be in St. Louis. All right, we got to wrap things up. Thanks for making Locked On Cardinals your first listen every day. If you haven't already, please give us a follow on Twitter at uh, LO underscore Cardinals and the JD Sports Radio. Like and subscribe on YouTube. Help our channel and love for the Cardinals grow. You guys are the best fans in baseball for a reason. Don't be shy. Leave your comments down below. Hit me up on Twitter X. Let's talk ball. Let's talk Cardinals baseball. 